Hi, my name is Anja Karwowska and I'm the host of this amazing podcast, Get Unstuck with Your English. If you are a neurodivergent person, struggling with learning the language, tend to procrastinate too much, or maybe you have so many goals you get lost right out of bed, if you answered yes to any of these questions, you have come to the right place, my friend. I'll teach you how to apply cognitive science and evidence-based methods to your learning. I will walk you through the learning plateau. If you're scared to talk, the vocabulary evaporates your mind. You have been studying for ages, following shiny objects, binge-watching Netflix, hoping that the knowledge will cross your head for osmosis. If so, I'm here to help you. I'll show you how to study and tackle the language, and most importantly, how to make it stick. I'm inviting you on the journey with me. Let's add a science sprinkle to your learning. Hello, hello. Welcome back. It's been a while since I've recorded my podcast episode, but I'm back with more energy than ever. Most likely because I'm going on vacation and I cannot wait. Well, today we'll be talking about ADHD and language learning. And you may ask why. The reason is very simple. I have received a lot of requests and questions from my students and other people. So I've decided that instead of answering one by one, I've decided I'll just record an episode podcast because probably that's the best solution. So let's start, shall we? I have been reading and I have been talking to a lot of people recently. And one thing that strikes me a lot is that Lots of ADHD, right now I'll just focus on ADHD people, they complain that they cannot learn the language. As if learning a language is launching a rocket. And I would say it's less complicated than launching a rocket, but you have to learn the cogs of it. You have to know where to start. I know that people struggle with procrastination. I guess that's the biggest problem, right? not knowing where to start, or they think that it's too complicated, or they have bad experiences dating from maybe school or other language courses that they have taken or had taken if it was a really long time ago. But I've got a news for you. It's not that difficult, but you have to approach it strategically. And what do I mean by that? Well, first of all, what I would suggest is to employ Pareto principle. So what is the Pareto principle? Pareto principle says that 20% of your efforts should give you the 80% of the outcome. And you can apply it to language learning. So starting from the get-go, focus on lexical chunks, focus on collocations, master two or three. Um, I know we don't have, to, we have aspects, but let's say tenses, right? And start building on that so that you can communicate. If you have problems with communication, that will give you the, the boost and the want to move further, to go further, because you will have that small quick win. And the quick wins are important so that you stay on track as you learn. And another very useful technique is the Eisenhower matrix. So Eisenhower matrix is a method which I use and I highly recommend it to my students when they are studying, because it really teaches you to prioritize. So you have a quadrant, right? In this quadrant, you have four spaces. So urgent, urgent and important, do it now. Not urgent and not important, eliminate. Not urgent, but important, plan. And this is the important quadrant because we tend to put off procrastinate. Yes, things you want to do, but we don't feel like it. 
so we just you know postpone it maybe tomorrow maybe the other day right we're just waiting for that perfect time perfect day and an urgent but not important delegate and think about it when you learn languages so you want to start learning let's say english let's say you have been studying for a while and you are at a 2 or b1 level i know that not everyone knows the common european framework of languages but let's say that you know or that you have been told or you were told that you are a 2 b1 level no, no not c1 a 2 b1 and you want to learn the language and you don't know how to approach it. So you write out or draw that quadrant and you see what is important. Is it urgent or is it, is it not urgent? Do you need the language to take the exam? Do you need the language to get a better job? Do you need the language to go back to school? Do you need the language to communicate? Maybe you just want to absorb the culture. Maybe you would like to read that novel in English instead of relying on translations. And we know the translations can be terrific and amazing, but they can also be quite bad. So let's say you want this, so you just delegate. Okay, is it important? Is it really important that I know reported speech or future perfect in the past? Does it really matter in my situation right now? Do I have to do it now? No, maybe I need to communicate. If I need to communicate, focus on collocations, idioms, lexical chunks that will give you the opportunity to use language right from the bat, right from the get-go, right? Or maybe... Or maybe you are preparing for exams or you want to go back to school. Maybe you want to study abroad and you need to learn academic English. In that case, you have to focus on grammar, on coherency, on your writing skills, etymology, right? On structured writing inquiry that will enhance your vocabulary usage. So you have to decide. And then cross out that part of the language practice that right now is not important. Delegate something that can be delegated. So a circle something that can be delegated. And in that case, in that case, for example, think about this. You can delegate your listening comprehension. And I'm not, I'm not, and I know you might start laughing. And of course, I'm not telling you to, or ask your spouse or your friend or your child to listen to, I don't know, British council recording. But for example, instead of sitting and listening for hours, right, you can, for example, kill two birds with one stone and watch Netflix with English subtitles. That's also a form of delegation and do what is most important right now. I keep telling my students that you can spend 15, 20 minutes, but if you do it productively, if you do it productively, I mean, I just sit down for that 15 minutes, but nothing as if the world has stopped, as if nothing exists around you, no distractions, Clear your desk, choose the time, let's say, if you have family. And I know that lots of my students have families and other responsibilities. So, for example, choose the time when there's peace and quiet and nobody's disturbing. Spend that 15 minutes as if nothing, nothing, nothing exists in the world. Really. And then spend that learning English. It will, you will see the practice. Another technique that I tell my students to use, and it's very, very useful, I use it when I interpret because I'm also an interpreter and translator. Technique is called shadowing. Shadowing interpretation is learning to interpret. When you start interpreting like a minute or half a minute at the beginning of 25 seconds at the very, very start after the person who's speaking, you can use shadowing to improve your fluency. For example, repeating after someone is speaking and you try to repeat what they say in English. If you miss a word, that's okay. That's fluency. 
That's that's the great skill that you can get. Really, just just by mimicking someone, shadowing someone, and you don't need to interpret. You don't need you know, to do all that jazz. Just repeat. And then again, I also advise my students to talk to themselves. And I know at the beginning it's it's really weird. We not we, we don't feel comfortable, and I understand it. But even in the morning, the evening, spend let's say thirty seconds at the very beginning and talk about anything. Then try to incorporate some idioms, some phrases, perhaps maybe some collocations or lexical chunks, right? So just you you boost your language. Thirty seconds, one minute, not one. <laughs> maybe someone will go for over an hour, but yeah, I just say really, it really helps. Then. Staying on track, so graphic organizer, Pomodoro methods. So, for example, you, you learn for, or you study for 15 minutes, then you take a 5-10 minute break, then again you study for 15 minutes if you have time. Trackers are very good. And planners, because uh, once you check something off your list, or of your study plan, you can actually, it gives you that endorphin boost, which is an amazing, amazing gift from your brain so i highly highly recommend it and of course we have other techniques i would say activate your prior knowledge i'm sure you know a lot of words in english even though you think you don't you can look for cognates right cognates so that your first language and english share and i would also say always always implement the science power tools that i have been talking about so metacognition think about your learning use metacognition markers Spacing, so space out your practice. I recorded a podcast episode on it, so I will not be repeating it. Retrieval and the Lightner method. Again, working memory is your biggest asset, so play with it and study actively. Take notes, write. Writing improves your memory. Handwriting, if you take a pencil or a pen, and for example, write down, oh, I could not remember for the word of it, that phrase. Write it down. Search for it. You will remember it better. So, of course, there are other techniques. And I will be talking about those techniques in my mini asynchronous course for ADHD and dyslexic students who want to unlock their English potential. So, if you want to, you can just join the waitlist. The course will be asynchronous, accompanied by an ebook that I will be launching separately as well in August. And can just sign up to get 10% off and other than that have a wonderful wonderful day evening afternoon or night and talk to you soon bye